LegalizeFreedom.com Why are we here? Where do we come from? Where are we going? From the nature of reality to the future of humanity. Listen without limits. Unchain your brain. Change your thinking. Change your life. LegalizeFreedom.com Greetings and welcome once again to LegalizeFreedom.com. I'm your host, Greg Moffat. Beginning in August 2020, Freedom from Fear is a free-form discussion series taking the title as its starting point. In this episode, Phil Escott and I discuss the pandemic of fear ripping across the planet in the wake of the COVID-19 scare. Our modern obsession with safety and security, whether physical, emotional or both, stifling and shutting down the natural free spirit all humans are born with. But life cannot ever be completely safe or secure and was never meant to be. Those who seek to deny us the freedom to choose how we engage with the amazing and sometimes unpredictable world we find ourselves in also deny themselves the magic and mystery of life itself. What do we wish our earthly existence to be? A technocratic prison planet dystopia or a spontaneous order of intimately interconnected sentient beings. On a deeper level, we also explore the darker forces at work in this transitional time for our planet and ask, are current events all that they at first appear to be? If the real battle taking place is in fact a spiritual conflict, we may be on the cusp of almost unimaginable change on Earth. Hello and welcome, Phil. Thank you so much for joining us again today on LegalizeFreedom.com. Well, Greg, it's it's great to be back and, and thank you so much for asking me again. And, um, you know, it's funny, we, we, get, we go back quite a long way and, and we've, we've met in real life a few times and it's, uh, it's, it's been a crazy time since we last chatted, so I'm looking forward to this one. It has. Now, some listeners uh, may be familiar with chats we did previously on on the channel here, um, we've talked about alternative um, healthcare, you know, ways of looking after yourself that are more natural. Uh, we've talked about the carnivore uh, lifestyle, carnivore diet, and pros, cons, and just controversy around that. And I think we also did a general chat about sort of spiritual awakenings. But anyway, if people have not heard us in conversation before, just tell people a little bit about yourself and because uh, you're a sort of man of many talents, many strings to your bow, this is why we've, we've talked on so many different subjects. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, I think probably what I'm best known for online is um, is this carnivore thing. It's very strange to have been branded as the, the sort of English carnivore guy. But um, it, it was just something that I discovered after many, many years of researching into diet and and, and, and in 2010, becoming very, very ill with um, rheumatoid arthritis and having to search ways of um, of uh, getting out of the fear, which is one of the main things you have to do, which is the, the topic of our conversation today, but also looking at all the things that I've done over the years and all the ways that I was horrendously wrong and all the way that all the um, 
or all the standard dogma was wrong. And so, um, yeah, I found a way to, to fix that. And um, I've got a little interesting thing about, you know, almost 10 years to the day in October, just gone, where it came back again. And I had to figure it out again without any fear, which was an interesting journey too. this last couple of months. And, um, yeah, which was to do with the present situation, actually, directly and indirectly. So, yeah, well, I, you know, most of my life I've, I've spent as, as a, a sort of hippie traveler living in buses and teepees early on in my 20s and then on to um, spirituality and lots of meditation and um, massive amounts of hallucinogenics at one stage and then, um, then into uh, living up in, in Skelmersdale, where I still am, actually, but on the fringes of the Transcendental Meditation Movement Center up here where... They have a lot of good stuff, you know, in spirituality. There's a lot of wonderful stuff, and I think Greg and I have chatted about it on 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 other uh, on on our one of our other uh, chats. But um, and so I'm on the fringes of that now. I mean, I still have friends in it, but I've, I, there's a lot of holes in that, really, in the dogma in that that keeps you in fear as well. And um, and and now, I think just the last ten years have been really transformational. Of um, looking into a lot of the complete myths in in everything across the board, whether it's health, whether it's how the politicians are duping us, whether it's uh, mainstream media and what's going on at the moment and uh, the corporations and, and, and how they how they fool us into, in, into thinking that they have our best interests at heart and how to get rid of the fear and how to become a kind of sovereign human being again. And... Um, and and how to how to reclaim that that state of um, being responsible and for your own health and your own thoughts and your own family and your own path really, and I think that's led me to the last eighteen months, which has been some of the most fulfilling times of of my life, which is working with my uh, my colleagues now, Ben Hunt, Graham Norbury, and um, and Jeremy Ayres, and our publisher. Um, John Gusty in the States and uh, with the human unleashed and, and a lot of the videos we've made together, many, many videos on so many subjects. And it seems to be one of those sort of meetings of the spirits. And, um, I always thought I'd find my, my ideal band behind the drum kit. So I'm also a drummer, but it turns out, no, that I found my ideal band in the sort of health and, uh, and sort of, um, blowing up of dogma sphere. So, that's where I am right now and, and, and working with them and working on a couple of books, one that's coming out soon, which is really based on helping people to, to, to reestablish their own, their own sovereignty, you know, to, to, to be able to not be influenced by these controllers, these owners in society that spread fear mongering. And it's called the red pill revolution. It'll be out in a, I think a couple of weeks now, we're just doing a couple of uh, little tweaks on it. But um, I, I think that's that's really the basis of what I do when I look at it, is is sort of finding ways to get rid of fear about what's happening. And that doesn't mean, mean to say I'm always immune to it, but, you know, the amount of layers of fear that I've got rid of so far allows me to sort of hopefully nip these things in the bud when they come up and realize that, you know, most of the things we're frightened of never actually happen. So that's where I am now, really. Well, Frank Herbert had it, you know, fear is the mind killer. Yes. It really is. It's, it, it clouds your judgment. One thing I will mention, uh, first of all, I didn't know about this red pill 
project, by the way. That sounds very interesting. But it reminds there's another, there are a couple actually who I've had on as guests, and I think you guys would be very much on the same page. Uh, they run a Facebook group called After the Red Pill, and it's Colin E. Davis and Melissa Murray, and I've had them on talking about these these subjects, and there they kind of embody for me uh, the spirit of this human unleashed. And as soon as I saw that you were doing talks under this title, I thought that's what a great name for it, you know. And I said, you know, that's something that, you know, if I hadn't settled on legalized freedom years ago, you know, maybe something like human unleashed would have been perfect because it made me, it made me stand, to stand on top of the table and just shout at the top of my lungs, <laughs> you know, it just, because so, everything is summed up perfectly in that, you know, we are so incredibly powerful. Whether it's physically, mentally, you know, we're capable of so much, and but we're constantly fed the idea that we're worthless and that we're nothing, and and it has manifested itself most perniciously uh, during the uh, pandemic in the idea that there's nothing you can do. The whole societies, people have been rendered unable to care for themselves, whether they're actually incapable of it or whether they've just been told they are. You know, you run a business, you will not be able to do that anymore. You will suck on the government. Teach you know, We will say when you stand up, when you sit down, when you come, when you go. And for me, the Human Unleashed was just, and I've enjoyed listening to so many of, of your conversations you've had with those guys. It just, it, it makes me feel energized, just the phrase. Oh, that's lovely, mate. I mean, it, we we get so many messages. When when we started this off, we thought, well, you know, who's gonna who's gonna listen to this? And I also put them up on my YouTube channel, which is just under my own name, Phil Escott, and they're, and they're all available on there. And I'm really surprised that they're still there. To be honest, uh, I mean, I think we have got like 22 of them up now, and 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 I, I get subscribers taken away now. I mean, when I think about it, sort of a year ago before we started putting them up. I had 10,000 subscribers and it hasn't shifted since then. And yet I get messages from loads of people that we're being unsubscribed, we're being shadow banned. And yet I'll go to, to the local supermarket and I have people coming up and saying, wow, you know, those human unleashed chats, this, thank you so much for them. And they've really empowered us and helped us to get through this situation. I'm like, come on, it, it, we can't have a thousand views on each of these. If uh, if there's that many people in you, it's you, do you run into locally, you know, and most of the people we hear from are in the States. So we're, we're falling foul of that censorship uh, that's going on, that widespread censorship at the moment, because we're obviously pushing some buttons. But it, it's lovely to hear that that, that people like them. I, I mean, I have to say that my expertise is more in the health sphere and the sort of spiritual sphere and whatever. And I have to bow to my, um, particularly two of my colleagues, Graham Norbury and, and, and Jeremy Ayers, who have, who have been really teaching me so much because they've seen this whole situation coming up for decades and they've, they really understand, uh, what's happening in the whole financial system and, and the whole political system. And even above that with the, with the, you know, the stuff that we're not allowed to talk about really with all the, uh, the, the 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 controllers really of the planet and, and what they're planning uh which has been set out for centuries really you know if you look back at old stuff like the club of rome and the stuff that i've learned in the last year has really put all the suspicions i've had all my life into perspective and they haven't none of it's made me frightened because i mean even from the first second i had one twinge back in February or whenever it was, when they, they said that they brought 
a load of people back from China and the buses were coming in and the, they were named after the four horsemen of the apocalypse or something like that, or the company was. And, and they brought these infected people back from China into Liverpool, right near where I live. And then I looked at the videos and I thought, well, hang on, the bus drivers are just sitting there with no protective gear on and they're not bothered. And I thought, there's something wrong here. And from that moment, you know, I had one moment of little sort of butterflies of, oh, my God, my kids are going to be hit with a deadly pandemic. And that lasted probably, you know, about 30 seconds or something. And then I looked at it and I thought, nah, there's something there's something wrong here. And this is going to be a massive spreading of fear mongering. And and since then, you know, learning from from Jeremy and Graham really about about what has been going on. Um, politically and, and 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 above that of how the politicians are controlled has been incredibly eye-opening and, and really incredibly calming in a way because i think that with all the scary stuff going on with all the the sort of possibilities whether you're frightened whether you're one of these people who wears muzzles in the supermarket or even as i was shouting with my kids today as i took them to a, a dance class people walking around in the street miles from maybe on their own with muzzles on of how we've all been fooled. Um, when you look at that and, and the possibilities of the of the dangers of this society coming up and how it might be destroyed, or whether you're one of these people with muzzles frightened of some virus that has really caused no problems whatsoever, you know, in the scheme of things, whether you're either one of those, I think that, that really educating yourself and, and looking at what's happened in the past and, and leading up to this is is one of the finest ways of getting rid of that fear, and and I'm I'm actually still very positive, because as long as you don't look at the mainstream media where it's all, you know, pushing all this nonsense uh, and doom and gloom if it doesn't happen, um, there there is probably no other outlet. I mean, I've listened to a lot of of, of your videos and you're spot on about it as well. I mean, how how people can't see this for for the fear mongering it is even if they're watching the mainstream media now, because none of it adds up, really, if you're watching it day to day. And so I think really educating yourself and, and turning off the TV and looking at all these other beautiful outlets, like, for example, um, Del Bigtree's Highway, you know, where, where he's bringing on so many scientists and epidemiologists and virologists and doctors, and nobody's saying anything like the mainstream. So... You get that in you, you have immediately no fear of any virus. And then you look at um, some of the people who are very, very much in touch with, um, you know, to take it into the sort of woo-woo sort of um, arena, really, but, but some of the people who have been very connected with uh, all of this stuff as it leads up, whether they do it by intuition, whether they do it by astrology or, or whatever, but how this is a very beautiful time to be alive and and we just have to sit back and enjoy this show as it plays out because hard as it might be in the short term i i i i'm with jeremy that that i'm very uh i'm very optimistic that this will come out in a in a in a, in a beautiful conclusion at some point hopefully soon hopefully over the winter or in the spring but um hopefully we could be sort of passing into some kind of age of enlightenment i think well, there's so many points really to, to comment on uh, from what you just said. Um, I think that the bottom line for me is that, yeah, what you mentioned about, you know, educating yourself, um, becoming aware really is the antidote uh, to fear. I think that stands as a general statement, but particularly applicable 
uh, in this time. And of course, one of the things, one of the, the one of the memes that's been going around uh, over the last few months is uh, basically demonizing or uh, uh, trying to make look appear foolish people who are doing their own research kind of like you're not medically qualified why would you be doing any research how could you possibly trust any learning that you could do on your own but the the point is not to pretend that you're if you're not that you're a medical doctor or you're a virologist or any of these other um, scientific roles that take years of training but that doesn't mean that you still have to be that helpless jellyfish that i referred to earlier who doesn't do anything to inform themselves in any sort of independent way and as far as the media goes, it's been spectacularly unhelpful. <clears throat> there hasn't been anything. You, speaking to you with your um, alternative health uh, and you know, natural health, shall we say, you know, ways of uh, keeping yourself healthy in, in harmony with nature, with that hat on, has there been any talk about anything that you can do as far as your diet or exercise or any other regimen that will, it will boost your immune system? There's been no talk about that whatsoever. It's all been absolute helplessness and looking to outside agencies. And this is one of the things I think that people in life, it's one of the great life lessons for me is like, stop looking to third parties for your reason, for your salvation, for whatever it happens to be. Stop looking outside. You have everything you need within yourself. And that I apply that to the current situation in terms of our own, our own bodies. Our bodies do give up sometimes. You're living a testament to that. You know, our systems do sometimes fail, but they're the best defense we've got as they are, the you know, ingenious design. Oh, oh totally. I mean, I, I made a video a while ago called, um, what was it? Eat fatty meat, get plenty of sun, protect the NHS, save lives. And it was a, it was a real sort of passionate one about um, the real pandemic here, which is the 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 same people who are pushing all the vaccines and all the, all, all, all the COVID mainstream stuff, you know, um, the, the advice that they give for, for staying healthy is, is really absolute nonsense, completely controlled by the drug companies and the agriculture companies that want us to eat cereal in the morning and, 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 you know, a sandwich for lunch and then, you know, pasta and whatever in, in the evening. And, and this whole business, this whole sort of, um, eat well plate and, and, you know, the standard guidelines that are put out and the guidelines actually that the, the WHO put out about how to avoid COVID and avoid animal fats and eat vegetable oils. And, you know, vegetable oils are probably the most, the single most dangerous thing that's ever been given to humans. I mean, I think I'm always down on grains and, and I think our, our health went down 10,000 years ago when we started farming grains. And so people who eat bread and rice and pasta all the time are probably in trouble um but but the real problem is seed oils it's it's absolute utter poison and this is what they're pushing over animal fats and you know it's just funny when you look at it i mean logic tells you that for millennia we were healthy we didn't have any of these problems and we were hunters look at a cave painting i studied diet for decades and 30 years i was caught in this nonsense and I, i i realized that you know, 40 years of diet study now, I should have just looked at a cave painting and there's one bloke and one spear and one mammoth and we didn't have any of these problems that we have now. So obviously the WHO advice is absolute nonsense and they're all pushing the plant-based dogma, the veganism and the, the climate change thing, you know, which is another another load of fear-mongering because I, I've been listening to actual 
not even climate scientists who are who who think it's all nonsense but climate scientists who think it's real but who actually think that all our solutions are nonsense and that's exactly what you've you've touched on there you know with the health thing i mean i i this covid thing whatever it is i i you know we've gone into massive discussions on the human unleashed about what it is i'm still not sure i don't know if viruses are communicable i don't know if they're pathogenic i don't even know if they exist as such and they're not exosomes produced from the cells as dr andrew kaufman goes on about so eloquently and um stefan lanker those two are very very worth listening to i'm not sure whether they they they're not just stuff that's produced by the cells to help mop up at times of detox natural times of detox at, at autumn spring winter equinoxes you know this is what generally happens but whatever's happening if you're if you're really if you're not messed up if you know if you've not been following the standard diet or even worse the whole junk food diet if you haven't been following what 99% of people on the planet follow then you have no problem with this whatever it is you're not going to have a problem with it whether it's a detox um you know that's going to be less severe in the autumn because you're going to have less crap to get rid of if it is a communicable virus the body's autoimmune the body's immune system is going to be much more powerful to get rid of it um so why why are they just not cottoning onto this i mean boris johnson had it apparently whatever it is you know he probably just had a reg- regular seasonal cold but assuming he had this horrendous deadly virus that's going around he got over it with the help of the nhs and all this sort of thing and then he suddenly realizes that he's a fat bastard and he's got to do something about it so then he's sort of posting all oh, right you know i'll eat less and go cycling it just doesn't work it 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 if it was going to work then people would be off their diabetes meds in no time like like i see on my carnival group you know if you just eat meat nothing else diabetes is a joke illness so all of this all of this stuff that they're putting out is complete nonsense and even if you don't change your diet there are ways around it you know the whole um you know when you see this this video of fauci back in 2005 talking about um um hydroxychloroquine and how effective it is against all respiratory ailments and now he's saying it's nonsense and you can't have it because he's so financially involved in other things of course and in 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 league with bill gates and and all that kind of thing because, but if you look at them you know people can call you conspiracy theorists for the, for this kind of thing but if you look back at what he was saying in 2005 he's saying exactly what the doctors are saying now we're saving lives we're not putting them on ventilators we're not so all of this if you can't get hold of hydroxychloroquine you just take a load of zinc and you take quercetin which which has the same effect as hydroxychloroquine and gets the zinc into the cells maybe take some vitamin d if you like or get under a sunbed even in the winter um you know take some vitamin c if you like you know or just go fully carnivore and really get your immune system up drop all the plants completely another controversial thing since we're all told that fiber day is the thing to do and we need a load of fiber which is absolute nonsense you know if if that was true i've eaten carnivore and no plants for the last 6 years so i'd be dead by now but actually just increasing health so you know on all layers and i think one of the important things greg here is that what i'm proud of is my 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 carnival group 100% carnival and beyond on facebook that i started for just five friends about 3 years ago now there's i think 14,000 people or something but when you when people post stuff about this they're so open i think when you've seen through 
one aspect of the complete and utter bullshit that's put out to us by the mainstream dogma. It's easier to see through the other things, right? I mean, if you've, if you've gone and tried eating nothing but meat and suddenly all your health issues have cleared up, all of the things that are supposed to be caused by meat and fat get cured by a carnivore diet. And once you've seen something like that, or the people who've woken up through realizing that 9-11 was nonsense, like Graham and Jeremy, maybe, you know, my colleagues, whatever it is that's woken you up, you can see through the other things. You go, hang on a minute. You know, the media is pumping out the vegetarian food and fiber and fruit and veg and all of this kind of thing. And you think, hang on, that's nonsense. So what else is wrong? And then it's much easier to look, you know, at the early on in this thing. I used to just turn the TV on and, and just absolutely cry with laughter. I thought, all of this is such nonsense. How can anybody not see this as anything but a comedy show? But now I see the damage they've done and, and, and you know, the horrific things that have happened. My partner, my, my girlfriend, she, she works on, as a nurse on the front line. And, you know, she's hugging COVID patients and, and she won't wear a muzzle and she knows what's going on. These are not COVID patients. These, these people have just tested positive with this faulty PCR test, this, this, this ridiculous thing that they give them. So they're locked up in old folks' homes, not being able to see their family and friends. And it's, it's criminal. It's genocide. And so she goes in. She hugs them. If they want to kiss her, that's fine, you know. And she has no fear of it, no fear at all. And I know a lot of other people on the front line have seen through it. And when you see this happening, okay, something's going on. There is something respiratory that's hitting people. But I don't think it's anything like we've been told. And if you ate right and if you, you did all the other right things, which doesn't involve um, giving up alcohol, um, jogging and uh, eating a high-fiber diet, you know, all these things that we've been told. Are, not that I'm condoning alcohol, in moderation, obviously. But, you know, this is not, this is not the problem. The problem is... The corporations. The problem is the owners of this planet who are, who are earning the billions from this pandemic. And you follow the money and you see the incredible, incredible deceptions that are happening. You know, if you saw what we all saw day to day, I mean, reversals of so-called incurable diseases and, 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 and people just lifting out of depression as, as, as they fix their guts and and, and use certain techniques to, to live more in the present, which we might get into later on. But, you know, when you see this happening, it's just so beautiful. And, and this would all be over if they, if they told all of this stuff with the same brainwashing frequency as they do on, on the mainstream media. We, we, this would be over, don't you think? This would be over in, in, in a day or two. Today, uh, you, you mentioning about your girlfriend hugging people. Today, today was a big day for me, coincidentally. Because I shook someone's hand. I shook the hand of a stranger today. And the last time I did that was on March 16th. It was Monday. <laughs> and um, it was someone I was introduced to back then. And it was like I was going to be showing him the ropes uh, on some task that he needed to do. So I was introduced to him. I can't remember his name now because I only met him. That He was out of a job the next day. Um, this is John. Uh, John, this is Greg. Greg will show you what you need to do. Hi, John. Shake hands. And he said to me, oh, we're not supposed to do this, are we? That was March the 16th. And today I shook hands with a guy who's a street poet 
he was just had a little microphone set up uh, and he was reading his poems on the street and they were, you know, of a sort of political nature. And uh, I stood and talked to him for half an hour. And he said at the end of it, he said, I feel better. He said, because I didn't come out here feeling very good today about everything that's happening. And I said to him, well, I'm a people person. I like talking to people. And we shook hands and, you know, uh, we went our separate ways. And so, you know, this is a momentous moment for me, really, for that that human contact. But you reference it again with, um, uh, you know, the situation in care homes and the elderly and what have you. And uh, my mother's in a care home and I'm not convinced I'm going to see her alive again, to be quite frank with you. That's tragic, mate. I mean, my my mother, she was 94, hang on, 26, 2018, 23, 2018. Um, yeah, she was, so she was coming up to 95. And the couple of years before that, we had reversed her breast cancer. I've got a, a video showing that with photographic evidence. You know, at 92, 93, we reversed her breast cancer on a carnivore diet with a five- five pound bottle of Lugol's iodine as well and um, kept her clear of all the drugs and chemo and whatever and then she got um, you know there's a video on my YouTube channel about it but it gets shadow banned a lot it, they don't like that it's from a talk I did to doctors and, and they, they were very open and I love it when you see an oncologist turn around and go how on earth did you do that that's <laughs> so cool and they've never seen it before. It's so weird. I've seen loads of cases of it now. But, you know, when when she got the Australian flu, you know, at the end of 2017, and she had bronchiectasis, so her alveoli were blown out in her lungs, and we, we got her off all the steroids and whatever, and her lungs were getting a bit better, but her lungs were still very compromised. So, you know, the flu hit her hard. It was a nasty flu that, 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 uh, that autumn. And then it carried on. It sort of lingered on. And into the spring, she got pneumonia. And she went into hospital. She recovered from it. She was fine. And then she went back in, like, April, and, and she died from it. And we were allowed to be there and be by her bedside. But that is no different, no different to what's happening now. And if if it was now, we wouldn't have been allowed in to see her. Well, to be honest, I, I'd have been walking into the hospital punching people because... It's just bollocks. I, I, I won't stand for it. I've not worn a muzzle. I never will. I've, I've, I've never worn one for a second. I'll go to jail before I wear one of those. No, I'll, 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 get, um, I'll, I'll get shot before I take one of their vaccinations. But I, I just, I, I won't stand for it. I will not stand for it. I won't have it. And um, she died, and she would have been obviously COVID positive if it had happened this year. So I, I, I'm sure they could have given her a PCR test and um, and said that it was uh, it, it was COVID back then if there had been a word for it. So uh, you know that that as I think you know I mentioned before this was this um, PCR test with with Carrie Mullins who invented it and how he's spoken out against uh, against how useless that test is and you know uh, uh, Fauci as well he's spoken out a lot against Fauci because he's worked with Fauci. And so that he really, really doesn't know much. And, and it's suspicious that Carrie Mullins died about a year ago before all this kind of pandemic came in. Um, <clears throat> but he was amazing. You know, he was a Nobel Prize winner. He was a very, very bright guy. And, and he could see through all of this nonsense. And so now we're relying on these tests and creating this test-demic. So, you know, I, I, I honestly don't think anything different is happening, really. Well, actually, there's fewer deaths you know, overall, than they were back in 2017, 2018, with that Australian flu, as they called it. 
which took my mum. And, you know, this will happen. This will happen. So many old folks die. They get to that kind of age, and pneumonia is kind of the thing that sees them out. But but we have seen, we've got friends on the front line, and we have seen early on in this, we saw so many um, hand-over sheets, medical records, just faked, really. I mean, at the end of an enormous amount of comorbidities and an enormous amount of um, polypharmacy, any one of which could have killed these people in the next month or two, there's COVID tacked on the end. And often it's just suspected. You know, I mean, we have a friend um, who, I don't know if I should reveal this, but we, we have a friend who will remain nameless, who, who has been, you know, just as they did in the, 20, in, in the 1918 flu pandemic, attempted to infect himself by, by, by putting uh, swabs from um, COVID patients up his own nose. And just as they proved in the 1918 flu pandemic, it isn't actually even communicable. There's something else going on. So, I mean, that sounds like a terrible conspiracy theory. Oh, my God, of course it happens. Of course it works this way. Of course it's spread by, you know, coughing and sneezing and using too many T's and P's when you're singing in a band in a pub. <laughs> All this nonsense is coming out now. So it, it can be seen like that as if you just look at it at the surface. But if you dig a little bit, it's obvious nonsense, and people really need to start to dig because... The tragedies that are actually going on, you know, the the, the, the suicides, the, the collapsing of businesses and um, the, the old folks just uh, just being neglected. I mean, I mean, there was one point early on in this where uh, my missus was being called up practically every five minutes. Her phone was going, will you come and work in this old folks home? Will you come and work in that one? Because basically the carers were running away because they were so frightened. And so these, these, these old folks, some of them totally dependent on being fed or given these medications to keep them alive. I, I'm not condoning these medications. I think they're, they're appalling, but extending life in a very unnatural fashion. But, you know, basically that's why they die, not because of any virus whizzing through the, the care home. Most of them had no respiratory symptoms whatsoever. And she was seeing this very early on. And, and this is what we're hearing. Of course, you start to say that, and it's all blasphemy. But but the docs that we know who are saying different on the front line, my partner who's saying different things on the front line, there are other people around her who are terrified. They're still terrified. You know, doctors and nurses are, are not immune to this enormous amount of fear-mongering that's going on. Um, I, although uh, one source of ours, he says that um, um, he works very much on the front line and, and in many COVID wards, and he says that, um, you know, he'd say that, 90% back in March or whatever believed in this. And now probably about 80% of those have woken up and this is nonsense. But a lot of them are very frightened to speak out because, you know, they're worried about their jobs. They suddenly don't get any money. It's, you know, the whole thing is, is just hanging this money over us and hanging this carrot. I mean, I've taken some helicopter money. My, my business has gone down. I mean, in some ways, it's come up with the consults that I do online for autoimmunity. Some, some, sometimes even just for fear now, people are terrified. And so I talk to them. That side of the business has come up. But other sides have gone down. You know, like our carnival conferences and whatever that we've had to cancel and lost thousands on it. And, and my whole music career, really, you know, has, has, has collapsed as well. I, I mean, I'm okay. I have a great life here. I have a lovely family, and I'm pretty chilled. But, 
you know how it's hit so many people and 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 the suicide rates going up and all, all these dreadful things so why people can't see at the moment that whatever's happening the death rate even the fake death rates where they've tagged covid onto somebody that's been hit by a bus you know or had a motorcycle accident i heard or all sorts of things you know even if you if even if you use those figures the 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 cost of the lockdowns is so much higher so we need to we need to get rid of this fear i mean i saw a beautiful meme a little while ago where there's some great big sort of board and and there's a cliff edge and there's this crowd standing on the board and over the edge of the cliff is this guy on a pulpit sort of preaching at them and and they're all going yeah 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 and they're all subservient they just need to step off the board and this guy falls off the cliff and and that that's the situation we're at at the moment you know i mean I understand there are some people completely free, completely taken in by this, but I reckon now as I walk around supermarkets with, with, with no muzzle on and, and there are maybe three or four other people in a supermarket without muzzles on and we just sort of laugh as we see each other and sometimes I'll go up and high-five them or even give them a hug. You know, I, I love it. I love that rebellious nature of it. And I just know that there's other people in that supermarket. Maybe 30% have now seen through it. If they take it off, if they just get rid of the fear, get rid of the compliance and just say, listen, fuck you to the people who are doing the control of this and say, I've had enough and, and, and I'm not complying whatsoever to any of this. And, and, it, and it will be over pretty soon, you know. I, it might be over anyway. I, I think there's probably a tipping point coming. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very optimistic, but I, I still do get a bit shouty when I, when I drive around the car and particularly see people in the middle of the street with them on and, I don't find it so funny anymore. I, I, I just want to just go, go up to them and kind of take them off and say, listen, guys, come on, come on, stop it. Don't be so silly. You can't really do that. You can't impose on them. But, um, but that's the way it is. I mean, I, I've not had fear. I've been affected by it hugely, but fear, no, no. That concludes part one of our interview. Part two will be available soon in the subscribers area at legalizefreedom.com. Legalizefreedom.com.